the Fox show, um, you're listening, you're tuning in in your car somewhere, you're watching, you're wondering who are these guys, you know, I stumbled on, Christopher Walken's on the show, I'm not sure, is he? Maybe. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's that Falcon time of the week. This is the What the Falk Show. I'm Connor Falk. For past listeners, you know what you're getting into right now. First time listeners, let me explain what you're about to hear. You're about to hear informational, witty, and relevant banter found in conversations with new guests each week. These guests can be from entertainment, from the arts, from education, from sports, from many different avenues. The goal is try to provide an interview and a process for you to learn some insight, a different point of view, and that overall culture. This week on the What the Falk Show, my guest is Chino LaForge, comedian, actor, overall awesome person. Really fortunate to get to work with him recently on a short film called from the shadows if you like ninjas if you like found footage check out that film now chino i'm really excited to have you on the show man how you doing i'm doing great man thanks for having me so i mean the big question that i have to ask you to start off i say the most important question is what was it like acting in a short film with me oh it was it was something to behold it's probably one of your favorite days the acting presence was just out of control well out of control and speaking of presence chino you've been in the business a long time now either on stand-up either acting whether it's in hawaii or los angeles california we're getting to most of the hawaii background how did you start? How did how did you get here? Oh, well, it all it all goes back to music, man. Music was the first passion. Really? Okay. And uh, yeah, I can actually say at this point, I've been on stage for close to twenty years now. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, when I was uh, around ten was when me and my friends started our first band and uh, moved on from there. And you know, I mean, as you know, there's no such thing as musical monogamy. Exactly. Uh, musicians will play with a bunch of different musicians. So what kind of what kind of instruments did you play? Well, I started off playing bass. My my father was a drummer. Slapping the bass. Yeah, okay. slapping the bass. <laughs> so I uh, I play bass, uh, drums, play a little guitar. I play ukulele. Okay. And I also sing. Um, but I also did a lot of theater. So there's the singing, dancing stuff too. What was so. the first role you played theater wise? Uh, the first role I played theater wise was well. Do you mean high school play or do you mean like overall actual for, production on a stage though? The first time you got up and you went ahead and performed in front of people. Um, that would have been, oh God, I'm getting my memories mixed up a little bit, but, uh, I'm pretty sure it'd be you're in town. You're in uh, town. you're in town. Yeah. It's a, a musical that's a parody of many other musicals like Les Miserables and, okay. and a lot of very serious musicals and parodies. Okay. And, uh, I played Officer Barrel, which is the, um, second in command, bad guy. Second in command. Yeah. I got to play a hmm. villain. Okay. Um, I mean, in high school, I did Romeo and Juliet, but we never really got to launch that in front yeah, of the Yeah, but you, you said you were singing as well? So you were singing and Oh, acting. yeah. Yeah, that was a full musical. So singing, dancing, acting. So again, speaking of presence, being able to be in front of people, perform, I mean, go in a place that personally, I would think I would feel comfortable like singing and dancing on a stage or whatnot. So I mean, natural performing gene inside of you right there. Oh, yeah. No, I had no chance, man. My yeah. dad was a professional drummer, so okay. I really didn't have a choice. It was. You know what I have a choice of sometimes is not eating pizza. Like the fairest pizza, the best pizza for the best price, and Bakersfield, California. Also happens to be the sponsor of the What the Fuck So. So, Chino, when you get back from your travels and you come back to California, you need to check out Ferris Pizza. I got to check it out. You gotta, Man, I, you made it sound so delicious. I think you're so naturally. Enjoy it. it's, it's part of the. I've had it too. So, I'm not just in a, in a, their advertiser promoter. I actually have eaten it and I enjoyed it. Can, so. can I ask you a question real quick? Go ahead. Uh, just like their ingredients, or just like that pitch, are their ingredients all natural? Yeah, absolutely. Because that was a natural pitch. All you fucking that natural here on the What the Fuck Show. <laughs> Air bump we're doing right here. Boom. Okay, so starting up, what about, you're, you're from Hawaii, so I've never had anybody on the show from that far from where I'm from. Literally an ocean away. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of amazing shit. 
stuff happening there, Falcon stuff I've never been exposed to or things like that, you know? So what's it like finding comedy in a place like that? Because when I think of California, I think there's stand-up places everywhere in a way, almost. Well, I mean, luckily Hawaii isn't so far that we don't get influenced yeah. by the, the mainland culture, as we call it. Um, so stand-up comedy was just something that made its way to us. I mean, we have TV, we have all the yeah. amenities that any other... Uh, young American has growing up. But I guess, I mean, the frequency and numbers of actually performances happening, you could go, like, find and watch. It was actually a lot? Oh, no, there were none. Oh, okay. No, when I first started, there was no comedy scene. Um, I actually started doing open mics at musical open mics. Wow. And trying to win over crowds by doing comedy at those. That's awesome. We had to find a crowd somewhere. Yeah, but it was just blood sport, man. That's, That's the hardest type of crowd to attract is... The drunks who go to a musical open mic, so... And um, well, how do you deal with drunk people, for example? Well, I mean, you learn. You learn. It's uh, the sharpest swords are forged in the hottest fires, man. So I threw myself right in it. Nice. That's a and, good one. Uh, that was also very natural. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I've been working on that for years. <laughs> uh, no, um, it, it got to the point, actually, where about three months in, uh, after devastating losses night after night, I, uh, I, I decided, you know, screw it. I'm just going to kind of... Just tell these jokes like it's the last time I'm going to do it because it might be the last time I'm going to do it. Okay. And uh, I got on stage and with just this careless but in a more charged pitch, my jokes started really landing. So things that maybe you weren't, wouldn't have done before because you were kind of fearful? Of what... Right. I wasn't selling it. And I okay. didn't, I didn't, I wasn't aware of it because, you know, uh, uh, stand-up comedy takes an extremely high level of self-critique. Absolutely. Like, more so than most arts. Like, with acting, you have to watch your own reels and stuff, and you, that hurts. You know, you remember your first acting yeah, reels. you gotta be critical. Oh, God, it's terrible to watch. <laughs> so you go back and watch your first pieces now? Yeah. Ugh. I still don't, like, watch myself overall. Oh, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's always a painful process, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, finally, there's something that clicks within yourself where you realize, if I'm gonna get good, I gotta have to be honest with myself, honest with my audiences. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just a, it becomes more of a self-exploration thing. Well, it's interesting that you said that because you and I were talking about that on set on uh, a few days ago where, where I was saying how what changed for me a lot, at least acting, performing overall, which this show has helped, is kind of learning who I am and right. what I what my brand is, if I'm going to act or whatnot. You know, I'm not going to try to be what I'm not, which I think is what you do when you're younger. You know, I can do this, I can do that. Some things you're not capable of. Some things you are to a very high degree, right? So Absolutely. You find yourself, you, you called it self-assurance. That's what you were talking mm-hmm. about. So, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you need to be your biggest coach, but also your worst critic at the same time. Absolutely. Because it's, it, stand-up comedy is one of the most bizarre, bizarre fields of performance ever. Yeah. Like I said, I've done a lot of different things. And stand-up just, when it comes to the way that you bond with an audience and you bond with other comedians... But just the sheer amount of time it takes yeah. before anybody takes you even a little bit seriously. Well, being from Hawaii, you're already in a place where you said you were almost part of the exploration and people building it up, right? Yeah, actually, I was lucky enough to be able to build my own scene. That's awesome. So after um, the open mics at uh, the 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 music open mics were done, um, someone started an open mic on Maui, Shaggy, Shaggy Jenkins, Shaggy from uh, yeah, he, he shout was, out to Shaggy, yeah, Jenkins. he was. He's a radio DJ, and he started Tin Can Comedy, which was a charity-based open mic okay. uh, for like the food drive. So we did that for about a year, and then that one dried up. So I decided the only way to really keep it going was to start an open mic myself. Hmm. So I started Power Up Comedy, which is still a group in Hawaii. It's a mobile comedy service, okay. uh, which means that instead of having a club, uh, wherever you want us to perform, we go there. We have our own 
sound system, trying to get lights. We got our own stage that we use and stuff like that. That's so, awesome. It was definitely yeah. probably one of the first of their kind in that location. Absolutely. Sure. We're the only of its kind still. I mean, we still get, we get shows now out there of professionals. Yeah. But we're, we're a professional level as well and we put on shows for the locals. Well, that's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, audience listeners, whether you're in Hawaii, Bakersfield, America, Los Angeles, hopefully another country because that'd be awesome if you're listening or on a satellite in space somewhere if Tom makes and Kevin Bacon are listening. You- Chino LaForge has done a lot of different things, and he's uh, created not only his own content, but the opportunity to produce that content with other people as well. So next time I ask you, being from Hawaii, and I could ask you the same question once we talk about your LA times, how much of your culture do you put in your comedy? Because um, it is specific. It's just a specific verbiage and dialogue and jargon, right? So I would say just enough. Just enough. Yeah. It, it's, but we have to assume it's probably more when you're back home. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no, you're, you'll see different types of sets yeah. from me depending on... Uh, what type of crowds you get me in front of, that's for sure. But um, when it comes to my national set, uh, I do like to include my nationality and, and my culture. Yeah. But uh, just just enough because, you know, there's a lot of comedians that try to bank on... Too much of it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to exploit my culture. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm, you know, giving away anything or at the same time making misrepresenting my culture. Well, so far we talked about the fact that you're just naturally funny, naturally intelligent person. You have to be pretty smart to be a funny person, I think. Oh. And to be pretty fucking smart, you know? So the fact that you don't want to kind of lower yourself or get those cheap laughs, you know, like, uh, you know, we appreciate that as an audience member. So oh, saying. right on. Yeah, it's a type of smart, you yeah, know? Exactly. We, 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 can, uh, we can praise it, but at the same time, it's not the type of smart that makes you a doctor. You know, no, this yeah, the, I, I agree. Absolutely. I'd this say, isn't the type yeah. of smart that cures cancer. This is, yeah. this is just the type of smart that... Uh, that knows about what the economy is. Like, right. I find myself... I feel like it's just the type of smart where you're smart enough to know how dumb you are. Exactly. And, and that's you, where yeah. the humor comes try in. Try to do what you're good at, you know? Right. And you, if you love it too, that's the only way, because, I don't know, we don't want to get too philosophical on the show, but <laughs> if you're not doing what you love or something you want to work towards, then, you know, life is going to be pretty, you know, boring. Oh, man, self-awareness a is a bitch. Exactly. Just, you got to be honest. <laughs> so, okay, being from Hawaii, what I thought, I thought, sorry, I, I'm not even supposed to hit the table, but I'm doing it that's now. Okay. So it that's how much we're flowing here. <laughs> Being from Hawaii, I would have thought there actually would be more stand-up comedians than you discussed because of the tourist angle. So doesn't it have to be entertainment for the tourists when they come in at certain hotels and whatnot? Well, there are more comedians uh, in Hawaii as a whole. I'm just talking about my, my island in Maui. Okay. Um, on Oahu, okay. there's a comedy scene. Okay. And uh, on Big Island, there was a comedy scene. I don't know if they're still up and running. Well, so then I can assume that you did do a lot of performances on those other islands, right? Um. Yeah, several. Several. Okay. We worked uh, out of work trade where we... Uh, we bring out some of their people. They bring out some of our people. Yeah, you know, we make it, you know, conducive for for work environment. Well, I had a previous comedian on the show, Natasha Pearl Hansen, really nice lady at NPH Comedy on Twitter. She talked about how she didn't really like Vegas that much mm-hmm. as an audience because of the tourist angle that people are going there, like to kind of mess around. You know, you're in Vegas, you're gonna maybe talk, you know, say some shit to the comedian or whatnot. What's the difference, the pros and cons between? your tourist audience and your regular like going out for a night want to watch some comedy audience well i mean the tourist audiences in maui i assume are very different because when when you go to vegas okay I, I, okay you, you got yeah. you got kind of a plan going on you know what i mean like, <laughs> right. comedy is not a part of the plan ruining a comedy show might be a part of that <laughs> okay. plan okay <laughs> so but uh no we we uh we do really well with the mixed audiences actually i think it's really just a matter of um how people connect with audiences because I mean, I feel like Vegas is like performing on St. Patrick's Day, like every night. Okay. I guess just yeah. the rowdiest 
For those people, especially. Right, it's right. A holiday to and, they're, and they're never the veteran drinkers in Vegas. <laughs> you know, it's not the drinkers that don't make the sour face. Yeah, it's, people doing drugs who don't normally do drugs right. or whatnot. It's, so, yeah. it's the drinkers who are drinking drinks that taste like suntan lotion who are just yeah. getting hyped up and just rude boy drunk is what we call it. Or are you talking about suntan lotion that it looks like a suntan lotion, but you right. alcohol inside of it if it's always the, sunny. The pina coladas that yeah. just they reek. They reek <laughs> after you had too many of them. You sweat it and it's just disgusting. Okay. It smells like a. It smells like suntan. So you, you kind of go in with that point of view. So that kind of makes it easier for you to be more patient and just understand. Right. But I've know. also done Vegas too. And, uh, did you I, like it? Yeah. I had a great time. Okay. Um, it was definitely hard performing against like the sounds of the casino. Yeah. That was harder than anything else. But, uh, if you can be captivating, the audience is, is very interested. Okay. And now they, talking about being interested, you were interested to come over to my side of the world. They call it California starts with a C for Connor. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, that's where it, that's where it comes but from. Apparently, that's the root word. That's people have told me that you know. California. I don't have any documentation or paperwork, but apparently that's that's what's happening. California. California. <laughs> I love it. So you come out here, Los Angeles, SoCal. What what was that transition like? Had to be pretty scary. I mean, right? I mean, um, well, luckily, I um, I had lived in Torrance as a kid for a little while. Oh, okay. So I did have some friends out here, and I was able to start with a with a base. How's Torrance? Because uh, I hate driving that part of the four or five. South Bay's awesome, man. It's it a, it's an oasis. Okay. Because it's I love so- Long Beach. I love. <laughs> oh Long yeah, Beach. Long Beach is great. Like South Bay is just this really nice area, just surrounded by crap. And it's is just, Long Beach considered South Bay? Or is uh, South yeah, Bay I think it, I think I believe it's considered the the, okay. the southern tip of South. Well, that Bay. makes sense to me. Then I mean, I remember when I graduated, I had looked on Craigslist for an apartment in Redondo, and I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. But it wasn't necessarily the nicest. Oh yeah, but I wasn't close to the ocean or anything. Right. You know, so right, there's different parts. There's like Redondo Beach Harbor, and then there's it's like probably like Los Angeles in a way that depending on what side of the freeway you're on, correct, is going to tell you a lot about and that. LA is just. The yeah. most confusing city well, in the world. Long like Beach, sometimes. I would say right now, like so far in SoCal, if I could move anywhere, I would go back to Long Beach. I lived there a few years, loved it because for the price of what you get, it's so reasonable. And there's certain parts, at least where I live, like Belmont Shore, if you've been down there, Second yeah. Street. Yeah. I live there. And just, was, just the beach town vibe the out there. Is beach town awesome. vibe. Everyone's like, not necessarily you have to say educated, but people aren't trying to start shit for no reason. You know right. what I mean? People are just living their lives. It, it reminds me for, of Maui too, for the sense that it still has that like small town yeah, community. Which feel, I love. Where you see the same people at the bars and you know who everybody is. Dude, and, I, there was a place I would go Sundays when I was, you know, not when I had maybe drank a little bit, mm-hmm. watching football, 99 cent breakfast burritos. Ooh, you know, I'd Bacon, be there every egg, morning. cheese. Every I was morning. there. Dude, it was. I, I can't find it anywhere. You know those things in your life you don't forget those deals, those great food? That will like last rights if they could bring me back anything. Those those breakfast burritos would be on the fall list. They'd be on the list. Okay, now coming out here, obviously you're already very experienced, but I mean playing a comedy store for the first time, playing some of these bigger clubs in Los Angeles that you said you watched TV as a kid, now you're playing there. I mean, you're probably pretty nervous. And and how did the preparation change when you kind of played what maybe to that time, I don't know the point of view, but I'm thinking Okay, this is one of the biggest venues I've ever played. Well, it was first of all, it was a huge jump just in, um, just in balance. Like in, in Maui, I had gotten to this point after about five, six, seven years where the audiences gave me room to breathe, and I was able to do these massive sets, hour, okay. hour, twenty minutes. Of, half of it was improv, the other half was written material. Okay, and then coming to LA, where it's like you have tight time. Yeah. They expect you to hit your, your marks and your lights. Mm. And uh, I had to nationalize my material. Um, there was a lot of nerves going into it at first, just making sure, like, oh, I hope these jokes work out here. Yeah. You know, I hope I'm still, I still consider funny with my pacing. I hope I don't rush knowing the light's coming up and stuff. 
Um, well, what, can I ask just before we? Um, what was the first club you played when you got to LA? The first club was the Haha ha Cafe. Okay. Yeah, and nice. that, that's in North Hollywood. Okay. Um, it's now the Haha ha Comedy Club because they moved. Okay. Um, from the cafe, and that's actually closed now. But uh, but the Haha ha Comedy Club is on Lankersham. Okay. And uh, that place is awesome. That's nice. where it, they've gotten me a lot of stage time up there, and then uh, from there I still get up there every once in a while. Um, I do the comedy store, uh, and just kind of all around. You yeah. know, you never really know where I'm going to be next. I kind of. MC from rock for rock bands down in Huntington Beach. Okay, I do all types of stuff for it. So, and you say your preparation. Like, how do you kind of go into that? Are you, you know, do you kind of go for a walk? How do you when you write material? How do you, how do you create? Well, <clears throat> it's important to actually force yourself to sit down and write. Okay. Um, throughout the day, if I get inspired, I'll put something in my phone. And I'll save it for later. But uh, I normally plan out a couple hours every day or every other day. To like spend a half hour on just like a writing exercise to warm up my brain. And then I'll start outlining and digging out, you know, what parts of jokes I think are funny. Yeah. If I don't have new material to work on, I'll go back to my old material and I'll sharpen it just to make sure that everything stays fresh. Do you like maybe go to clubs to like try it out? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the open mics are for. Um, You go to open mic where you're pretty much anonymous. You're with a bunch of other stand-up comedians um, and you just work on stuff. And would you say that it's universal? Because I have to wonder, I mean, LA has so many different parts of it, right? So say you go to an open mic in Marina Del Rey, as opposed to going to an open mic in um, Torrance, for example. Mm-hmm. How different is the audience kind of around Los Angeles and different clubs? Is it kind of the same? Or oh, it- if you're doing open mic, there is no audience, oh, period. Okay. Okay. It's it's like going to the gym instead of going to a bodybuilding competition. But there's people who might be there, but you're saying... Absolutely. Okay. And, um, and what really makes an open mic interesting is all the different archetypes of comedians that are there. Okay. Because everyone's different and everybody does their thing differently. Yeah. And some people are very neurotic and don't know how to socialize well. And some people are overly social. You know, some people are just playing crazy. Okay. You know, open mic is the opening level of comedians. So you get all types of people through there. Okay. And out of those people, maybe 10% make it to the next level. Mm. And then out of that 10%, maybe another Five to ten make it to the next level. Now, what are these levels? How would you describe them? So, starts you start off as an open micer, uh, where you're pretty much just there's limit limitless resources. There's yeah. just open micers are everywhere. There's so many of them. Yeah. And uh, the next step is a bringer comedian, where um, uh, somebody who runs a show will be like, "Hey, man, I can get you on a show if you bring three, five, ten, whatever, how many people you need to bring to get stage time." Uh, and then after you solidify yourself a little bit and make some connections, uh, then you become a feature or a guest spot where you can just pop in on shows and, um, you start getting passed by clubs. And once a club passes you, that means you're able to pop in and do sets. Um, and then from feature, you, uh, go up to the headliner spot and that's if you're really top of the cream of the crop, top barrel type stuff. Yeah. And out of all the comedians that start at the open mic level, less than 1% make it to the headline level. Wow. Yeah. So it's about the same. I mean, for any of these extremely paying, like they really pay off if you can get in that 1%, but the ones who there's so many who don't, it's just, it's extremely hard. Like it's, it's, it's a claw to the top. There's some luck involved. There's no ladders. You're just climbing on the dead bodies of other comedians. It's just, you're just climbing as, as much as you can, just trying doing your best to float. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do we, people listening right now on the What the Falk show, Sponsored by Ferris Pizza, the best pizza for the best price with best the most pizza. love so in good. it. So, seeing a lot of pizza words for there. You can find the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, my mom's phone, 
your phone when I text it to you. Twitter, Facebook, at my WTF show, my WTF show on Instagram, my WTF show basically anywhere. My WTF show, I've said it three times, and apparently that means you're going to start really remembering it. So here with Chino LaForge, comedian, actor. Now, oddly, you can hear this podcast on my mom's phone too, Connor. That's great. How did you meet my mom? I'm just saying. <laughs> I, um, I heard good things about you going into it. Let's just say. Okay, so um, is there a schedule or you have a website or how can people find you? Twitter? Um, well, I'm actually Twitter? going to be going back to Maui for a couple months. Um, okay. To, uh, I got some shows going on over the summer. Uh, named, so that's what's next for you? Shows yeah, on the summer? Yeah, I'm using the summer to make some money. Okay. And then come back to LA uh, replenished because unfortunately... The LA comedy scene doesn't pay very well. Yeah. Because the best comedians out here are doing it for dirt cheap. But so. you got a good gig out in Hawaii right now. Oh, so you're gonna, where are you going to be performing? Uh, I'll be at Three's Bar and Grill, Ambrosia. I'll be at the Pint and Cork. Nice. And uh, TBA on a hotel gig. I'm just waiting for So go back to that beach life with your performing comedy as opposed to the fast paced. Oh, yeah. Beach life, my girlfriend, LA. all oh, types everything. of things. Okay. Like, all yeah, kinds I've of been, payoffs now. I've been uh, out here on my own for so long. And it's, it's really weird, too, because I went from being like. Not famous, but more like infamous in Maui. Yeah. To where I always had something to do. If I was ever walking around, people would be like saying, what's up to me? Yeah. You know, once I get a free free lunch here and there. It's awesome. But now in LA, it's just, it's back back to ground zero. So well, There's so many just people, right? Oh, I right. Mean, and I'm just walking by famous people constantly. Yeah, but every time you do more content, whether it's Hawaii or LA, you're still building, right? Aren't you Absolutely. still sharpening those tools? Yeah, so. it's it's important to to humble yourself yeah. and just remember that like it's we're all comparable on some level. Well, are you looking and, are you looking to um to change change up your your dialogue or your your set at all now that you're going back to those Hawaii kind of gigs oh, in LA so long? Yeah. Always. Yeah, no, it's important to uh constantly involved because if you're not growing you're, you're slowly dying exactly and uh that's the thing with humor is that your humor is your connection to the outside world like as most comedians are introspective as well as very uh, externally yeah uh, social okay so we kind of balance our thoughts versus what we say yeah and that filter in between a lot of a lot of comedy writing is finding that palatable in between where... Would you say that part of your writing and your jokes are you actually saying what you mean, but putting it in a way that people it, like get to laugh at it? It's me disguising what I mean. Okay. It's me saying what I mean in a way that you hear it and you don't realize what you're hearing until it's already too late and it's said and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh. Yeah, it's subtle. It's like passive aggressive. Oh. <laughs> I learned really well. My mom was pretty much the one who raised me, so nice. I've learned mom tactics. Okay. Now, yeah. Speaking of tactics, you were a pretty good actor a few days ago. When we did some. Oh, acting. thank you, thank you. So, uh, I mean, what's that side of you know? How do you look into that side? Is that you do? Enjoy, do you enjoy that just as much? And and how is that going? Um. Well, I love acting. Acting was yeah. one of my you know first because you did the theater exercises. And, and yeah, on that stage, was... so many experience. So how has it been here? And I, I've seen you you've done some things just online. You can find real. There's some stuff on Funny or Die. There's videos of you out there. So what has that kind of whole side of the camera been like? Um, you know, it's it's a, it's a huge learning experience because it's always it's very different than theater. Yeah. You know, theater you're supposed to be very big yeah. and very loud and take up space, but in film it's about the subtle movements yeah like more acting from your eyes and and you know the corners of your mouth as opposed to with big face you know what i mean so it's it was it was a interesting transition and a lot of it was as we talked about earlier watching my own footage and hating it yeah and then finding out what i could fix about it basically and seeing who you are what you're doing wrong what you should be trying in certain scenes right 
I don't know, man. It's just really fun. I've always loved movies and television shows. I mean, movies especially. Like, you know, started watching all the movies I wanted, like nine. So stopped watching kids' movies and Disney movies pretty early and just watched, like, films. And then from there, just understanding, like, you know, the equation of what makes entertaining stories, just kind of fall in love with it. You know? Yeah. And, and from the things I've tried, the most fun to me, depending on the gig and whatnot, is the acting part of it. So it's Absolutely. kind of the most payoff. And especially when directors give you the ability to just... Yeah, take freedom with the script where it's like yeah, it's just an outline. You know, if you feel like that doesn't feel natural coming out, yeah, you know, we can we can alter it however you feel. It. Well, we talk about brands and whatnot, and I wanted to ask you because I didn't know if it was I don't know if it was okay to ask the comedy wise. So instead of asking that way, I would say, who is an actor that you see? If you're you know Chino LaForge, you start acting, you do that as well as a lot of comedians. They're still doing stand up, but then also they're taking gigs where they can't. Smart, right? Mm-hmm. What is one that you can kind of compare yourself to and kind of how your comedy and whatnot? Anybody? Hmm. For my comedy? Yeah. No, no, for your, your acting. Mostly. For my acting. Yeah. All right. Um, your you comedy, know. I think it's you. I don't see, I've never seen a lot of people like you. Thank I mean, you. So I, that's... You know, yeah, I, I, I did my best to hone something very, very original because yeah. also coming from Hawaii with very few Hawaii comedians. Exactly. It, it really gives me the opportunity to kind of uh, bring something new. Yeah. Whereas I've been isolated out there. I haven't been seeing live performance and stuff. Yeah. We get it. You're special and important. Okay? I, I'm. You need me. God. Comedy needs me. You're on the What the Fuck <laughs> show. <laughs> but with acting, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say who I would compare myself to. I mean, I know who I've been influenced by. How about um, that? Oh, I mean... I know it's gonna sound cliche, but George Clooney, man, okay, what a what a facial actor. Yeah, like it, a lot of times it's he, his... yeah, like the like when he's being soft. I mean that that's the more common look. But uh, have you seen Burn After Reading? Yeah, great movie. You remember when he finds Brad Pitt in the closet? Yeah, and just his face, the way his face changes into <laughs> yeah. danger mode. Yeah, all of a sudden his eyes are on fire. That was a good movie. I've for... never seen George Clooney look like that, and I was yeah. still blown away by his acting. So. There was a lot of great performances in that movie, actually. Brad yeah. Pitt, I thought, was, oh, was awesome. Oh, was amazing. Francis that. McDormand. Yeah. It oh. was really good. So overall, it's a good movie. People haven't watched it. I always like to do those Falcon Underrated Movie of the Week when I'm on my Twitter, at my WTF show, that week, this week, by the Coen Brothers, Burn After Reading. Pretty hilarious movie. It, it was... It was a movie where all the actors were playing characters that you would never see these actors playing. Yeah, but that's like, to government, in the way they do that's how they look at Americans, I think. Totally. Like the kind of stuff they're seeing, you know what I mean? <laughs> Those things actually exist. I was watching this thing on YouTube today, where somebody sent me a video on something, Facebook something, and this guy got caught for shoplifting, and he has these like... Uh, like baggy sweats on, right? Oh, you're talking, yeah. He pulls one rib, one rack of ribs, right? And you think that's it? Okay, that's a lot. He got ahead of it. No, like bacon, steak, like it just keeps coming. It's like, dude, how did you even fit all that in there? It's like a barbecue in your pants. My favorite is that he, the whole time he's saying, man, I got kids, I gotta feed. Oh, yeah. And then he's pulling out three racks of ribs, six yeah. steaks. I'm like, dude, are your kids linebackers? What are you feeding your kids? Are your like- kids animals? I mean, look what they're eating. <laughs> Holy shit, man. It's like a dinosaur. I got kids. <laughs> I got kids. I'm not worried about it. Okay. So let's talk about this. You're kind of We're kind of done with your promotion of the Chino, if that's cool. You're still promoting as we're talking. Oh, I'm so always people, promoting. But yeah, yeah, you're always promoting. We're you, done, you're we're talking right now. Favorite stuff? TV show, movie? What's your thing? Favorite uh, of each? You have to, you know, the ones that you watch over and over again, the ones right. that you take with you if you're, the house is on fire kind of shit. Let's see. So movie... Is gonna have to be Pulp Fiction. Whoa! Okay. Yeah, it's always been my favorite movie. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, that's a very easy one to pick. Okay. Uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino's collection is just amazing, but Pulp oh. Fiction. Okay. Um, as far as TV, you know, I just got back into watching The Twilight Zone. Oh. And I think I'm gonna have to stick to that just for its damn. It's just it's 
the type of fear that it instills in you is very, very different from modern scary movies. Well, it's, it wasn't, it's not as cheap. It was smarter. It, yeah, it's very Lovecraftian where yeah, it's like exactly. something that you can't put your finger on. It's more of a creep show. Hitchcockian. Feel. Yes, where it's not yeah. blatant like murder, murder, blood, blood. It's more like... Stephen Kingian. Yeah, bizarre being. situations. We're just, we're just name dropping. <laughs> just name dropping here on the What The Fuck Show. Well, that's awesome, man. I mean, my movie... It's such a hard thing, so it's hard for me to ask and then not really know my own answer. But it's either Man on Fire or Layer Cake. I don't know if you've seen either of those. I've movies. seen Layer Cake. It's awesome. And Man on Fire was Denzel Washington, right? Yeah. I did see it's that a revenge one. Revenge movie. Just oh, people man. Up. It's awesome. Denzel. He's a genius. Cut what about, t- what about TV show? I'm going to interview you now. TV show. Yeah, switching the tables a little bit. That's also so hard, dude. Because um, I just I have so many. So it's got to be between like Justified, Entourage, It's Always Sunny. So, oh yeah, there's so much content it's, out there. I, now I don't. Too. Even, I feel like a, I feel like a douche right now. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of just one, but I just can't. Like, ugh. I you know I felt I felt pigeonholed into a corner to say one for a movie you and did. stuff too. Right. See, but okay, yeah. So you have some more too. So basically, <laughs> things that we're into. What about favorite video game you ever played? Ever? Ooh, I do have my answer for that. Favorite, video, favorite game. video game I've ever played. Yeah. Um, it might be Fallout. Nice. Yeah, really, just vast, diverse. Have you played the new one? Uh, I did get a chance with it for a little while, but I need to like do the whole build your house and okay and garage area and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I had a buddy. Yeah. He had all these things built. Like, oh man, it's amazing what you could do with it now. But yeah. no, I, uh, I I used to play Fallout back in like when it was a real time strategy. Okay, just old school game. And, well, do, you, do you play GTA? Because it makes it easier. Question, oh, of course. Please. Okay, so GTA Five online. What's the first thing you do when you log on? What would be the first mission or thing that you would do? I just try to murder other players. So death That's my uh, not not even like. See, I hate people like you, man. I, I just I'll do missions and people. Att- I don't kill people until they come after me, and then I try to kill you. I just take people out. That's uh, all I do. I'm just disgusting. You with throw it. those sticky bombs on people's oh, cars. I'm just ruthless. <laughs> I'm trying to ruin all of your days. Yeah. No, we had a we actually had a crew. Um, of Maui players on GTA. That's awesome. And uh, we ended up getting like r- really low gamer scores, score ratings because yeah, we, get you, they, we were harassing people. They're like, they, they'll send you messages. They'll send me money. They'll send you money for being like a cool player for not killing people. Yeah. Unless it's like a deathmatch thing. They'll send you like money like for being a good player. Yeah, like, hey man, thanks for not interrupting. People like you just log on and they're like, it's white and then it turns pink and then it turns red by the time they're out. Man, I'm bloodthirsty. So I, just, I can't help it. You're just not messing around. There's the GTA just, world is supposed to be chaos. I just provide that. There's blood in the water. Uh, what I, if I told you that I actually don't like Pulp Fiction very much? Then... Would you still be my friend? This or? interview is over. It's, it's over? <laughs> just a lot of... He's just, sometimes he has a lot of talking for talking's sake. I'm very close-minded. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. I mean, I love Tarantino. The thing about it, he's, he wrote some of my favorite movies ever. And he didn't direct some of those movies, mm-hmm. though. But, I mean, like, True Romance. Oh, yeah. Tony Great. Scott was my favorite director before. I mean, he's still a... Him and Matthew Vaughn now, my favorite director. Those are the Christian said. Slater, right? Christian Slater, Brad yeah. Pitt, yeah. James Gandolfini. But there's so many people. That, Michael Rappaport, um, Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette. Uh, Christopher Walken. Oh, how um, how can you forget? I'm not even... Sam Jackson's in it. I'm not even done. Fucking... Uh, <laughs> who is the one, who's the one guy in the... Uh, Easy Rider... Um, oh, uh, bad guy in speed. Uh, yeah, no, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Yeah, wow, all in one. Great, dude. great cast. No, great. it was that was a really good movie. I'd, yeah. Um, and man, Quentin Tarantino is so talented, but sometimes he could be such a jerk. <laughs> he kind of well, dude. I, I don't know if you know. Okay, kind of a um, for anybody listening, kind of edit here. There's going to be some harsh words, not necessarily cuss words, but because in the business, they've have you seen the casting notices for 
whores literally for the next Tarantino project, like extras even. It's actually said whores in the breakdown. Like whores. And on like, Facebook, we're looking for whores. And on Facebook and other entertainment groups, people who work behind whatever in front can't, um, groups I'm a part of, people kind of talk, you know, see what's going on. And uh, they talked about that. Like, oh my God, look at this. What a jerk. Yeah. They go by sex worker. Exactly. Or, yeah, Just calling yeah. them whores. Or lady of the night. There's so or- many things you could say in the thing. So uh, for me, crazy enough, my favorite Tarantino movie is actually Django after all these years. If I'm being honest, man. Do you, did you like Django? Oh, I love Django. The, yeah. A great movie. That fight scene at the end. The thing is, I wish I want to watch Tarantino do his movie to all these other projects that I want to watch. Like, I always want to see a Wolverine Tarantino because there'd just be blood <laughs> everywhere. You know, I don't think Fox would allow that. I but now Fox now Fox has relinquished the rights to X-Men. It's back in Marvel's hands again. Wait, did that like just happen today? Or? Uh, no, it, it happened for... Um, Spider-Man. Spider-Man as well as um, Apocalypse was the first, I believe, non-Fox... But they, Fox just I, released it right now. Was like, it Fox? Okay. I saw it two weeks ago. Then I think that after I think that might might have been it. I read that something awesome. that. Yeah. Did you see Apocalypse? I did not yet. I actually thought it was pretty good. I, I uh, see. I've boycotted X Men movies since a long time oh, ago. Oh yeah, we talked about this. And now too. it's just yeah. a principle. I really should go back and see. But the world well, of all that we talked about, you should really watch First Class because it really is just a good movie, dude. Like Matthew Vaughn, you saw Layer Cake. He hasn't made a bad movie in my opinion. Right. They're all at least entertaining. Like they might not, you know, change your life. But... I've heard a lot of good things, but they just hurt me so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like the first four X Men themed movies is just so bad. Yeah, it's so bad. So bad. And I'm really happy to see where the studios are going now with the, in this new direction where. Um, with the success of Deadpool, yeah. they saw that really sticking to some of the sensibilities of the comic book. of the comic book yeah. and treating to the fan base really feeds into better. That was story also plots. an actor pairing too. Very true. Ryan Reynolds. They couldn't have picked. But see, here's the thing: they picked him to play Ryan Re- or to play Deadpool in the first one, the X or the Wolverine Origins. I think y- it was. Yeah, Wolverine Origins. And that movie sucked and, and what they did awful. to Deadpool was yeah. insulting yeah. As, a, as a comic book reader was... he also would have been a good Flash oh yeah thought. that would have been fun too but I will be a good Nightwing someday so I'm just saying anybody listen let me audition for the Nightwing you, role you would be a great Nightwing I'll kill that you'd be fantastic I'm just saying that. thank you I appreciate it or, okay. if they, or if they do a Batman Beyond movie oh I dude could Batman see you. was awesome man. I could see you wearing that suit okay so here we are rapid fire questions I don't tell you about them before so you All right. maybe okay would you rather kiss Rihanna or marry Beyonce marry Beyonce okay pet dragon or a monkey who talks Ooh, Pet Dragon. Okay, who plays you in a movie 20 years from now? Seth Rogen. That's an easy one. Seth Rogen? I, it's not my choice, but I mean, well, actually, Vince Vaughn, Seth Rogen, or Jason Siegel, so I think, could really Vince pull Vaughn and But Vince Vaughn's too old. Uh, he doesn't he look like too me. Old. I think Jason Siegel or, or Seth Rogen. Okay. That's who I get compared to a lot. Jason so. Siegel or Seth Rogen. Okay. I like Jason Siegel. And this is your last chance. You got a line, you could say a phrase. What do you want to say to the listeners out there, whether they are, hopefully, in every country and in every planet? Your last statement on the What the Folk Show. Wash your hands. <laughs> You're covered in bacteria. It's a very disgusting. Helpful, it's a very helpful <laughs> phrase. It really is. Okay, thanks for listening. This is Connor Falk with the What the Falk Show, whether it's by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Twitter, my WTF show, whether it's your mom's phone, whether it's my mom's phone, whether it's the text that I send you with the link. I appreciate you taking time to listen. Chino LaForge, great comedian, great actor, a good guy. I think I'll consider him a friend. Doing some acting. Check out what we did, the short film, From the Shadows, Directed by Carlos Camacho, produced by Adam Lopez, going to be coming out pretty soon. We do a pretty fucking good job. I'm just being honest. We do a pretty fucking good (laughs) job. Uh, So uh, appreciate the time for listening. Next week, another interview, another guest, whether it's from entertainment, sports, education, health, fitness, anything I can do to provide some witty, informational conversation in times when you're bored in traffic, you're at school, you're at work, you don't want to listen to your boyfriend or girlfriend. It's the What the Falk Show. You have a fucking good night, a good morning ahead, and I'll fucking talk to you soon.